This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Back in the saddle on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app, in Sirius XM Channel 80, on your smart speaker, however you found us on this glorious, glorious Thursday in this great state of Connecticut. Commonwealth? I don't, mm, I don't, mm, no, I'm not sure. I skipped that day of civics. Randy Scott here in Connecticut, Courtney Cronin, regional manager, Midwest regional office, where, it, you know, Chicago weather's doing Chicago things, right? You said, Courtney, it's... It's going to rain and maybe turn to sleet later today. But for now, it's a glory. It's like a record-breaking day here in Connecticut. You're lucky because I'm looking out my window right now at the rain falling, which I know is going to turn into ice sooner or later. We've made it through winter relatively unscathed. But, why do you, why do you of course, for, for you as well out there on the East Coast, that means that we're all going to have the March-April snowstorm that we're going to have to deal with. And if you're yelling at me for putting that into the ether, yeah. I'm sorry for living in reality. Just get ready for it. I'm preparing you for the worst. I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm going to think it. I'm going to think some loud thoughts. Okay, I think what Courtney you want, Cronin. Randy. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. We had a lovely... We had such good weather here in Connecticut today. We were like, what's your... Be- like, if, if you could dial it up, what's your favorite weather? And Courtney, Courtney's all like, no humidity and 80 degrees, and I'm on a beach. And it's like, no, 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 no. We didn't do the beach weather thing. We just said, what's your, what's your realistic favorite weather? And uh, I've just been lowering the bar ever since. I've been like, hey, it's 73. Give me 73, no wind. I'm good. I'm good, and that's how close we are to it today. And now Courtney's bringing snow into our lives moving forward. 888-729-3776 is the phone number. It's always good to ride with Courtney. On this show, we're in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Um, You know, neither Canty nor Carlin's a massive Lakers fan, uh, and neither uh, Courtney nor Randy is a massive Lakers fan. But I'll tell you what, if you're a fan of anybody in the Western Conference, Lakers, maybe not Lakers included, but if you are a fan of some other squad out West, you're a little nervous today, Courtney. A little bit. Like, one game does not a turnaround make. One game does not a contender make in the West. But the Lakers won last night. They took care of business at home over the Pelicans. No Zion in the lineup. He's out. But they took care of business, and it was LeBron's first game with the new additions. So it's basically like a chef who had his sous chef go out and buy a bunch of ingredients, and then they had to... You know, hang out in the fridge for a couple of days, and he finally got to dust it all off and make something with it and cook with it. And they cooked last night. They put up an easy, uh, you know, relatively efficient 120 points. They only allowed 102. I think that's the thing that we got to keep an eye on. And they got a win. And Brian Windhorst is calling it a must win. And I know it's only February, but it was the last game before the All Star break. LeBron's coming off of the three games that he missed with a sore ankle. They get out there. D'Angelo Russell's in the lineup. Malik Beasley's out there. Anthony Davis played his full complement. Davis had a great game, 28 points and 10 rebounds and five dimes. But they looked, if, if that's the beginning, if we haven't seen the ceiling of the new ingredients with the two you know, pillars of that franchise right now, it's, they look scary. They look dangerous, Courtney. Yeah, and it's about time that they won a game. First off, it's about time that LeBron played. I know the last time we had seen him prior to Wednesday night was when he broke the scoring record and then brought two goats to his celebration, had another celebration after that. There's going to be a celebration at the All-Star game. More celebrations than points he had actually scored (laughs) in the time past that. And I know load management is a thing in the NBA, but this is what's frustrating where not only do you have must-win games ahead of you if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, where right now they're 27 and 32, 13th in the West, so two games out of the 10 seed, uh, out of the play in tournament. 
You've got to win these games. You've got to like have your superstar start to gel with the new nucleus of this team. Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt. And that's it's a really good sign that we saw them start to gel and click right away last night because this is their 39th. 30, excuse me, different starting lineup in 59 games this season. That's the most in the NBA by far this year, but it feels like this one in what yielded a 120-102 win over the Pelicans. They played them a few weeks ago and lost a very tight game in the fourth quarter. You know, it feels like they finally might be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but again, it's still pretty early with this Lakers team and this new construct, newly constructed roster to, to make a declaration like that, just knowing how the season has gone for them to this point. Yeah, it's it, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, I want to give love to, to him as well. I mean, it, LeBron James is, is shouting him out as sort of a Swiss Army knife for his versatility at power forward, but they got so much more efficient and they got better in terms of spot-up shooting which is, a, I mean, that's what LeBron is now. I mean, his his ability to create open looks outside for his teammates, it's one thing to create the opportunity. It's another thing to run with guys who are going to knock those shots down and say what you will about D'Angelo Russell. Uh, there are times where, man, does he check out, doesn't have a ton of buy-in on the defensive end, but he can make open looks, and there's... I, I would argue no one better at creating open looks for his teammates from distance than LeBron James. So here is LeBron, the guy who, you know, even though he's been out. So basically what, what his couple of weeks have been is he breaks Kareem's scoring record two Tuesdays ago. Then he's out for three straight games because of the, uh, the, the sore ankle. So he comes back and in that span, they add Vanderbilt, they add Malik Beasley, and they add D'Angelo Russell. He gets to run with him last night. So here's the chef. Here's LeBron on how all those pieces fit together. And I think our, our skill set all kind of fit each other, you know, with, um, you know, with Vando and, and D'Lo and Bees, three guys that just know how to play the game. We all just trying to get the ball popping, get the ball moving, you know, have equal opportunity and everybody's trying to play to their advantage out on the floor. So, you know, tonight we had 32 assists and you know, in our starting lineup was at 9, 14, 20, 22 assists in our starting lineup. Um, uh, that's huge. So, you know, we want to try to continue that going forward. How about how about our, the nicknames are flowing? Yeah, right. he's eh, Vando, D'Lo. Right. Like, I mean, first off, they all fit. Maybe that's why they, they made the trade, so he could have that roll off the tongue as seamlessly as it did. But, you know, all kidding aside, the moves that they made at the deadline, first off, dumping Russell Westbrook in the contract and getting getting that off the books so you'd be able to do more at the deadline mm-hmm. to make this roster better because this could very well be your last shot with LeBron James in trying to push for a title. Now, obviously, that seems very far-fetched at this point. When they made those moves, their odds went from 50-1 to 1 to 35-1. to 1. So not like a massive, massive improvement, but enough to where you have support in terms of scoring around LeBron James where at 38 years old, you're not asking him to shoulder this immense load on a basis that's just not sustainable for somebody who, because of load management, Randy, is not playing all that often after like big performances like what we saw against the Oklahoma City Thunder the night that he broke the title. Yeah, no, he's in uh, pay particular attention to his knowledge of the box score. And maybe, you know, we can't see him. He's perhaps holding it in his hand there. But he knows specifically the areas, at least in one game, where the Lakers got better. And he's shouting out specifically the reasons why. And it's the new additions. Now, he wasn't, 
devoid of praise for the guys that left. I mean, he talked to, you know, shout out, salute the guys that left. Russ, Pat, JTA, DJ Thomas, those five guys started the season together, tried to to work, tried to make some things happen, be the best that we could, blah, blah, blah. But he knows specifically where they got better. And it is a guy patting himself on the back a little bit because, come on, we're all, we're all, you know, no one has got their heads buried in the sand with regard to LeBron's pull and LeBron's sway and the ability that he has to directly influence the decisions that the Lakers front office made. So he's patting himself on the back and saying this specifically assists passing the basketball, scoring opportunities, efficiency. He's shouting out those numbers because he has to validate some of what we saw and, and and some of what he did to put these pieces together. It's one game. It's one game, and we're just folks you know, looking at it from an eye test perspective. Here's Jay Will on how the Lakers look to him. I really do believe that the Lakers have this reached a bigger the pinnacle challenge of, of playing with LeBron James. And the pinnacle of their All season these- is when LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't believe that the Lakers are making any kind of run. No magical run. You have LeBron James playing through this sore foot that – you know, stuff around L.A. about whether he's not going to shut it down. LeBron James is not going to shut it down. He is a fighter through and through. I do continue to question the health of Anthony Davis and whether he decides whether he can get back to playing at a top five level in the league. And I think as these pieces are better pieces than what they had before, I still see this team being, you know, an eight seed, a seven seed who goes out or has an exit in the first round or most they ever get is to a Western Conference semifinals. I still don't see them being a contender. That would be a tremendous run. Courtney, I mean, we're talking about a team that is in the 13 spot right now out west. They are only two full games away from matching the Thunder in the 10 spot. And then, you know, gosh, I mean, from the seven seed, they're uh, two and a half games. Yeah. Three. and Yeah. No, three and a half. Three and a half out of that out of that seven spot currently occupied by Dallas, who made a move in their own right. The guy that LeBron wanted to get in, in Kyrie Irving. So it is it is so tightly packed in the west it doesn't take it takes one hot run, you know, one maybe five, six, seven, eight game win streak, and then suddenly we're talking about a, a Lakers team that missed the postseason a year ago that's suddenly very squarely in the playoff picture. Uh Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits, you go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Embiid picks it up. Swarmed. He goes to the corner. Melton. Melton back to Embiid. Three to shoot. Baseline shot by Joel. It's good. The Sixers were in a tight corner. And Embiid with a most difficult baseline turnaround. Counted. It's good. He's got 27. Joel Embiid. A strong night at the office again and allowing uh, the Sixers to roll into the break in style. And watching Joel, we were talking about this before the show, Courtney. Like uh, He didn't look healthy and then afterward he confirmed he doesn't feel healthy so you see LeBron James come back from missing three games uh, due to the sore ankle I was surprised that we didn't see sort of the a, a head start to the all-star break from Joel Embiid but I think it shows how important these games are even though they are in, in February the dog days of February before the all-star break but it also shows how the Sixers view themselves which is in a fight for playoff positioning in the East and if not a full-on contender to come out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I don't, I can't blame Joel Embiid given the gap between Boston, Milwaukee, and then everybody else in the field. And I know where the Philadelphia 76ers stand right now, it doesn't 
technically seem all that far off, but there's a major gap if you're just getting the the feel for what the Eastern Conference and the standings look like, where he feels like he had to play and he wanted to up until the All-Star break. And now that he realizes that his health is not getting much better at this point, he said he doesn't know if he's going to play in Sunday's All-Star game. This is the time to hit reset if you're Joel Embiid, if you can, because he hasn't felt well for the last month. Three weeks to a month. That's when he said he last felt normal. But at this point, you take him out of the equation. What is this Philadelphia team without him? Can James Harden carry that load? Is Tyrese Maxey going to find the the magic that he was last year during the postseason when they were dealing with injuries and he had to co- overcompensate? Like I, I just I don't know what their identity becomes if I'm if it becomes the same story, frankly, that we've seen every single year in like gearing up towards the postseason second half of the NBA with Joel Embiid and wondering, okay, if he's not going to be fully healthy, how far can this team go? And those questions, sadly, still remain for this team. It's just now a different injury that he's dealing with. And, you know, he's still been able to be productive, Randy. I just don't think the long-term part of this, like you got to hope that maybe the all-star breaks enough to get him back to where he feels like he can play at a high level. Well, he was, he was honest, you know, he's not, he's not shy at a microphone, jo- Joel Embiid, but he was, he flat out said, he's like, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not, he goes, I'm not sure. They were like, how you feeling? He goes, not sure. I'm not healthy. I haven't been healthy for the past three weeks or a month. I was just trying to get to the all-star break without missing games and stuff. But I feel like I've reached a point where I need to follow the doctor's advice Back then, he said I should have been sitting for two weeks. So we'll see how the next few days go and go from there. Doesn't sound like someone we're going to see much of in terms of playing in the All-Star game and and, and participating in All-Star festivities. And I think if you're a 76ers fan, you're good with that. Nor should he. Like At this point, who cares? Frankly, the all-star like festivities and all of that, if you are a player dealing with health concerns, like LeBron is right now, right? Like ankle soreness, you don't want that to become an ankle injury to where that's going to cost him more time when they need to win games. I know that it's, he's the bell of the ball every year, and there's going to be celebrations for him throughout All-Star Week. He's a captain uh, of the West team. Like there's There's a lot at stake here just from the – the standpoint of like, this is a moment for me to celebrate and enjoy. I've earned it. But I also think that guys like him, guys like Embiid with a foot injury, like, do you really want to make that worse playing in something that doesn't matter? You can still be there if you really need to be in Salt Lake City right now for all right. of the festivities that are going on. Or, you know, best case scenario for these teams and for their fan bases in watching their players get back to full health is not watching them at all, making sure yeah. that they take the time they need to, to heal and get healthy again. I, I look at a guy at Embiid who had, you know, 29 points, 14 boards, five dimes. He had a block. He had two – like, he, he he was the reason they beat Cleveland last night. I mean, they had a massive lead. They were up 28 points at one point, Philly was, and that became a four-point game late. But Embiid came through with a block, a couple big rebounds, and was able to seal it. It is not a one-man show, though, in Philly this year. James Harden has played some good basketball. Uh, James Harden has uh, embraced the, the the second fiddle role. Um, you know, carried the team when Embiid has been out for a few games at a time. Uh, you know, he's he's averaging. Uh, God, I think his assist numbers are through the roof this year. Like he it, he has facilitated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that is a short-term stopgap. Like you hear foot issues for Embiid, and if you're a Sixer fan, it's it's PTSD. You're you're you know traumatized by how much time he's missed. Like last night, Embiid got to ten thousand career points, and even Embiid said, "Man, I wonder where I would have been if I hadn't missed all those games." 
And it's a fair it's a fair point. He's well aware of his own. I don't want to say fragility, but it'll be well aware of his own health issues, which I think is why he's being so vocal about how careful he needs to be. And Brian Winhurst, like, okay, look, I know there's Boston. I know there's Milwaukee in the East. The East is stacked, full of talent. But Wendy believes in the Sixers. Here's what he had to say uh, about their title chances, or rather their conference title chances. This was on Get Up. Since that 12 and 12 start, they're 26 and 7. And when you watch this team play when they're at full power, and last night, They came out of the gates trying to send a message to the team that was on their heels in the standings. They are as good as anybody. And and if you look at the dynamics of the Eastern Conference over the last decade, a team of this magnitude would probably be the overwhelming favorite to win the East in most, if not almost all of those years. But this year there happen to be two other teams that are very, very potent. And so one of the things that we're seeing develop in the Eastern Conference right now is somebody is going to be disappointed. Somebody is not making the conference finals between Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. And that team is going to feel really let down because this team is very good. Yeah, that team's going to feel let down. If you had to pick one of those, Courtney, Boston, Milwaukee, or Philadelphia to not make the Eastern Conference finals, who's left out? I don't want to say it's because of a cop-out, but I feel like it is a cop-out going with the Philadelphia Sixers based on Joel Embiid's health. Where have we seen this before? Mm. Whether it's the face injury or a multitude of other things that he's dealt with over the years, and him not being at his best or having to do too much because there's not the support around him and he's still battling through stuff, Mm -hmm. that puts them behind. And frankly, so little separates the Milwaukee Bucks from the Boston Celtics. And I, I think that the way that the Bucks played defense the other night, even though they were playing against a Celtics team that sat all of its starters, that's what they're going to need to ride into a conference semifinal, a conference finals game mm-hmm. uh, against their you know big rival in the East. But I just think the gap is still pretty wide, even though the 76ers are only three games back of the Celtics. To me, the talent gap and the, the gap of support from the supporting cast around the stars on each of these teams, it's so much more stark for the Philadelphia 76ers than it is for a team like Boston or the Milwaukee Bucks and you know what's surrounding Jason Tatum and what's surrounding Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, you know, we haven't seen the Bucks at full Voltron enough this season. I mean, Chris Middleton's been in and out of the lineup. They've had their share of injuries. We know that Boston matches up so well with Philadelphia. Philadelphia does not want to see Boston uh, in the in the ramp up to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think by virtue of Matt and nobody wants to see Milwaukee if they're fully healthy. So I think it is Philadelphia on the outside uh, looking in. But the, Boston is has shown a remarkable propensity to be gettable this season. They they can go cold uh, on the offensive end. So if they do that over a two game span, that can swing a series to be sure. We're going to tap in to Courtney's day job. Okay, we're going to talk Bears football. Should Chicago trade Justin Fields and enter the quarterback uh, sweepstakes there with the top pick in the NFL draft? We're going to get her perspective on that after this from Indeed. Thank you, Randy. This new year, make the resolution to speed up your hiring process by checking out Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it simple to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then you can invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. Manage everything from your employer dashboard where you get can easily schedule virtual interviews. All you need to do is get started at indeed.com slash credit. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I think he's special. And listen, he's undersized. And that's going to be the whole conversation leading up to the draft. Bryce Young has a chance to be a superstar. Bryce Young's accuracy, anticipation, and arm strength is rare. He should be wearing a cape on the field with the things that he's able to do. Young under pressure. Escapes to his right. Young throws downfield as Brooks open at the 15. And he waltzes into the end zone. Touchdown. 41-yard touchdown. I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, man, that is – what did Andy Samberg do for uh, his Nick Cage impression? High praise. That's high praise, man. You invoke Patrick Mahomes, the current GOAT. You throw him around with a, uh, a draft comp to a, an undersized quarterback out of Alabama, that's uh, that's going to carry some weight. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 as well as on your smart speaker. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Courtney Cronin at the Midwest Regional Office in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Randy Scott here, Bristol, Connecticut, uh, at the Mothership, 888-729-3776. I mean, Bryce Young's size is the issue. The talent is not. The toughness is not. The pedigree, the winning, you know, the trophy. None of, none of that is in question, but... I don't know. We had to, <laughs> Courtney, I was looking at it and I said, oh, wow, you Google his height and weight says six feet. And you were like, okay, hold on a second. He's 5'11", barely. And you start getting into the, that height and that weight, and you're in Doug Flutie territory. Yep. You That's are. That's a perfect comparison for him. And I know that there's a photo that's circulating, I believe, from the Super Bowl with our own Mina Kimes and Bryce Young standing in a picture together. And Mina is only a couple inches shorter than Bryce Young in this photo. And she went out to kind of clarify, hey, guys, I was wearing heels. They're very tall. This is not trying to start off a firestorm on how tall this guy is and if it's going to be an issue. But, you know, that's poking fun at a situation that actually is kind of concerning. I know that, you know, he's listed at six feet. The durability concerns of quarterbacks at that size are always going to be prevalent. I don't think he's a true six six foot. I'm sure it's closer to a 5'11", 5'10", 
at the very worst. But this is what happens when we are in the lead-up time to the NFL draft. We like to nitpick through prospects, nitpick their height, weight, measurables, 40 times, what have you. And fair or not, that stuff is going to affect the order in which guys get drafted. But very clearly, Bryce Young is the head of the class with this quarterback class. So I don't think that's going to affect him all that much. And he will still probably be the first quarterback taken overall. But you're darn sure that we're going to be debating it the next couple months and what it means for him when he gets to the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, we we have to. It's it's If you're going to mortgage uh, – mortgage. If you're going to risk or bet your future of your franchise on an NFL quarterback – I mean, Tua Tungavailoa is a cautionary tale. Okay, it would have been hard enough to justify that pick with Justin Herbert staring you in the face, right? That was the choice for the Dolphins. No one knew that Herbert was going to have, you know, the uh, the temperament to lead a locker room, to, you know, lead a huddle, things like that. You, you could not argue the measurables, and you couldn't argue the arm. And you can argue the measurables right now with a guy in Bryce Young who some folks are 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 asking the question and this is sort of our peg for this for this show today Courtney let's tap into your Bears insight connections and knowledge as our ESPN Chicago Bears reporter do the Bears risk it with their future and their franchise do they trade Justin Fields in the hopes of drafting Bryce Young because they can take whoever they want they got the first pick in this draft so do they trade Justin Fields and go with Bryce Young I do not believe they do And it's more than just Ryan Poles reaffirming his commitment to Justin Fields following the season and saying that he would have to be blown away by a prospect in the draft to move on from the quarterback that the Bears currently have, even with the caveat that Poles did not draft Justin Fields. And as a a general manager, you do your due diligence, Randy. You go and look at everyone because – Frankly, you do not ever want to be back in this spot when you're drafting number one overall because 99.9% of times, unless somehow you traded a pick with another team and you ended up getting the first overall pick the next year because the team you traded with was so terrible, like the bottom line of this is that terrible teams are the ones drafting number one overall. The Chicago Bears were a terrible football team this year. They were not set up for success. They don't ever want to be back in the spot. So I just don't think you can jump the gun and say, well, let's move on from Justin Fields. Bryce Young, who's expected to be number one overall or the first quarterback taken at the very least, is so much better. How can you project that out? Sure, restarting the rookie clock in in terms of the contract is always appealing because you'll have four years plus the fifth-year option to try to win with a quarterback like that. But I think the Bears would be setting their franchise back exponentially by starting over yet again after getting somebody who showed you I'm still standing after the worst possible circumstances last year where he had no offensive line, literally no receivers. The defense was atrocious, especially towards the end of the season. He had no help. He had no support around him. Yet he showed you in terms of his total QBR jump, which is a really good way to measure efficiency from one year to the next. He made significant improvements in that area. Does he need to be a better passer and learn how to win from the pocket? Absolutely. But does it boil down to the fact that you can build around Justin Fields instead of hitting the eject button and going with somebody else? Absolutely. You do not need to move on from him now, considering all of the resources you have to put pieces in place to help bring out the best in Justin Fields next year. So the offensive line was my question, and I asked you that up up front, because even if... 
even if, uh, gosh, even if Bryce Young was, you know, 6'4", 235 pounds, uh, you know, your quarterback can't can't protect himself from his back. You know what I mean? If he's running for his life, a la Justin Fields, and Justin Fields, like you said, was on his way to putting up historic rushing numbers at the quarterback position and still did by a lot of metrics and, and in a lot of measurables, that's that's not as sustainable as Fields proved. I mean, he had to miss time because of injury, because he was running for his life, because of the hits that he was taking. And I, you know, if if you take a more slight quarterback, and and there are those, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of like a, um, you know, a success bias where you you look, hey, hold on, you know, Russell Wilson's only five eleven. What's the problem there? Russell Wilson was two hundred fifteen pounds. He had, a, he had a baseball player's build. He was. You know, down with the thickness. You know what I'm saying. And, and Bryce Young, <laughs> Bryce Young is absolutely not that. So, given all of this, though, Todd McShay, who's been doing this a long time, our ESPN NFL draft analyst, still gives a full green light to the Bears to draft Bryce Young. Personally, I would take Bryce Young if I was Chicago. I don't think that's going to be the decision that they make. I think they're going to move back and and take advantage of the fact that you you have Houston at two, Indianapolis at four, Las Vegas at seven, uh, seven, I believe, Carolina at nine. There's a bunch of teams that want to move up. How far back do they move? We'll find out. But I I would do it because I, I would want Bryce Young because I think he's an upgrade over Justin Fields, and I want his rookie contract so I have five years. But I don't think they're going to wind up making that decision, which means they're going to move back with one of these teams. I don't, was, I don't agree with that. That was, that was on Todd basis, on Get Up. Yeah. On what basis is Bryce Young an upgrade over Justin Fields? As a passer, are you completely sure about that? I don't think uh, he can under the be. same circumstances would like of, of what we saw last year because Justin Fields was a damn good passer in college mm-hmm. under the same circumstances where you have no weapons, no offensive line, and you're asked to play with your hand tied behind your back. Would Bryce Young not have struggled the same way? He absolutely would have. I mean, I, I can say that unequivocally. He would have had the same issues as Justin Fields. If anything, he, he wouldn't have been as as effective moving the football on the ground. I don't disagree with any of that. And yeah. I just caution people when you think about, oh, like, look at all of the upgrades. Well, those are all big ifs because Justin Fields at one point was a big if. All the sure. quarterbacks in the draft are a big if. You don't know that if a great tri- if a great college season and great college career is going to translate into a successful NFL career. It's a lot harder. The circumstances are different. I just think that the Chicago Bears are better off building around what they know and the high ceiling of Justin Fields than going with an unknown, yeah. even though Bryce Young is expected to be the top quarterback in this class. Love talking football, even with the Super Bowl in our rear view. Gives me energy. You know what else can give you energy, Courtney? Caffeine. Ooh. And you know who reacts well to caffeine? Human me. beings. Human beings. You know what doesn't react well to caffeine? Being technology. spilled upon it? Technology. We got a story and a cautionary tale from Courtney Cronin. It's Courtney and Randy in for the guys. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It's good. It's a good coffee house vibe that we're working with. This is good coffee house music. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. Courtney Cronin in Chicago, Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. 888-729-3776 is the phone number. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Also, the college basketball season is heating up, and that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com and search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Among the players to watch, Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis and Iowa's Caitlin Clark. It's brought to you by Wendy's. Two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. I feel like Trace Jackson Davis has been at Indiana for about 26 years. I feel like he played mm, under... a little bit of a stretch. Bob he Knight. Almost, he tested the waters of the draft last year and decided to come back because he had a second-round grade on him. That's insane. He's been getting buckets since he stepped on He's campus. Gonna, my brother and I were having this conversation because we went to the Indiana-Northwestern game last night, Who which Indiana lost. Oh. Um, Northwestern grad. I mean, like, glow, <laughs> did you even know that Northwestern was playing until I told you about it today? Yes, I watched the, end of the, I watched the game last night. Okay, I'm just, making, I'm just making sure you're aware of this. I know you're like a you know fair weather college basketball fan here. All of a sudden, my team's got seven quad one wins. Rank us. Like okay, just making sure I knew who I was talking to here. Yeah, but no, I mean you. this is somebody who's going to have a ten year NBA career. Yes. Solid player, yes. not elite at any sort of category. I would say of like playing basketball, but fantastic distributor. Like watching him move the ball around yesterday was mm-hmm. really, really impressive because it's my first time seeing them play in person in a while. And he's just a solid player. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that he's up for the wooden watch this year. Preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. What's, what's not to expect? How about the Big Ten on this wooden watch, too? Caitlin Clark is just a walking, Absolutely. A walking, a walking bucket. bucket. Exactly. All right, so, Courtney, we had some trouble reaching you today, getting you dialed in for the meeting. <laughs> Tell the people what happened. So, I'm on air yesterday at ESPN 1000, our affiliate in Chicago. I was filling in hosting 7 to 10 a.m. first couple days this week. And I'm in the middle of a conversation with my co-host, Jonathan Hood, who has hosted shows on, on the national network as well. We've worked together a bunch. And we have good synergy because in the <laughs> middle of trying to make a point about something, this is early, so I've got coffee next to me, mm-hmm. my right hand clumsily in trying to no look, grab my coffee and sip it when he's in the middle of a point, spills it all over my MacBook. But instead of going full on amateur hour after knocking my coffee over onto my MacBook Air, I start blotting it up in the middle of continuing whatever point I was belaboring. And Jonathan gives me a Clorox wipe and I start wiping my computer down. Thought I was in oh, the clear. Oh, no, 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 no. Thought I was in the clear. About an hour into the incident, after the coffee's the gone, and you know it smells like you know coffee all over the place, even though I cleaned yeah. it up. My 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 keypad, like the keypad on the MacBook, a couple keys started to stick. I was like, all right, whatever. But then the trackpad started to like vibrate anytime I touched it, and oh. the mouse was going haywire. It would open the dictionary. It would move 
tabs around. Now I have a bunch of things bookmarked that I wasn't expecting to have bookmarked. So my computer started to malfunction. And by by the end of the show, it was unusable. So I was stuck writing a news story yesterday on an iPad without um, – I'm not good at this stuff. I like to read a book on a – with a like I re- like to read a real book. I'm not reading stuff on an iPad. iPad's literally for radio purposes to be able to see the return for ESPN+. Plus. That was the only reason I had one. <laughs> and today I go to the Apple store to – get them to like fix it and he the man's like eight hundred dollars flat fee for any sort of water what? damage that's in here so what i'm currently working on as i wait for the loaner i got a mouse a wireless mouse and a wireless keyboard shout out to my friends who are smarter than me and, and figured out this workaround so i'm able to use my computer but i will never drink coffee again around any sort of technology that I actually value because that is a very, very costly mistake I made. I can't believe it was an $800... Give me that one more time. It was an $800, $800 flat fee? To, to open up the computer and fix it. I mean, it's a Mac, so like those are more expensive than PCs because they're superior. That's <laughs> All right, no free ads. No free ads for the people, but either way... They could pay for my repairs if they want to. They could, I'm sure, but you know, either way, let's just not spill... Let's not use it as a coaster, you know? <laughs> Let's just keep it like this. Day one at Common Sense Camp, Court Sport. That's what we're doing. Cordy Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guys. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Kevin Durant's introductory presser in the desert when we come back. Thanks for listening to the Canteen Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canteen Carlin, the podcast.